This is Bulls Beat on USF Bulls Unlimited. Each weekday morning, Bulls Beat is your stop for exclusive interviews, highlights, and the very latest on all sports at the University of South Florida. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp. Oh, quite an eventful weekend. In fact, obviously, we could do the full show just on what happened in Gainesville with highlights and postgame from Jeff Scott, and you're about to hear plenty of that. But also a good weekend for volleyball, winning two out of three matches, a tie for men's soccer, and really a disappointing outcome on Sunday for the women's soccer team. We were pretty busy, and it was a long weekend of live play-by-play coverage for you on the channel, starting with the two matches for volleyball, two wins on Friday, and concluding with the Sunday afternoon soccer activities. A little bit lighter on the schedule this week. In fact, just one play-by-play event Thursday night with the men's soccer team, of course, We'll be back on the air with football on Saturday against Louisville. But here on Bulls Beat, let's focus on that football game, shall we? We'll take you through it. Some great moments, some painful moments, and the reaction of Jeff Scott to all of the moments in the 31-28 loss. Of course, every time you have a game that comes down to a wild ending, you focus mostly on the ending. But so much built up to that and so much to get to. Started off okay for the Bulls as Florida won the coin toss. Maybe that was the key and a nice safe handoff up the middle on the first play. No chance for an interception. Brian Batty, boy, what a sign of things to come when gained five yards. And then, speaking of sign of things to come, third down conversions, they would become a lot on the legs of Gary Bohannon, but he passes to Xavier Weaver. Unfortunately, though, the Bulls get into Gator territory and Weaver fumbles the ball away. Defense bows up and holds Florida to a field goal. Then a fantastic drive, and again, third down plays included. Bohannon goes for 13 yards on third and eight. But the good old-fashioned handoff up the middle on third and 18 is the play you didn't see coming. It, and then eventually the go-ahead for the Bulls here. And Bohannon will hand it off, and breaking through into the secondary for a big gain. It's Batty, and he's got the first down. The Bulls with the run on third and 18, and Batty delivers first down USF. Hand off Mangum. He's got a huge hole. He's into the secondary. He's inside the 25 and finally chopped down there. Batty, the running back, two wide receivers left. Here comes Batty right up the middle into the end zone. Touchdown, South Florida. The Bulls lead the Gators in the swamp. I don't know about you, but at that time, it just felt like it was going to be a ball game, and that was a nice feeling. It was nice to see the right side of the offensive line clearing holes all night. Demontre Jacobs and Dustin Hall, who got the reps again, he had kind of lost out to Mike Lofton in the previous game. The Gators would score on a 62-yard run, though. They didn't have any more chunk plays after that, but the start of the second quarter made it 10-7. Bulls would answer with the field goal drive, or shall I say this was most of the drive, on a fourth and one. Horn in motion. They pitch it to the left side, and it's wide open. It's Batty. He's on the run and finally tackled inside the 20-yard line. The only reason Florida got him was because they had the angle and Amari Bernie ran him down, but the Bulls ran everything to the right and then pitched to the left. What a play call. There was some pretty good play calling in this one. Bohannon would follow that up with one of his, maybe too early to say patented, but in this game he was doing it with regularity, pummeling runs of 11 yards. Bulls had first and goal at the four, but had to settle for a field goal, a couple of miss hits, 
Actually, good coverage by the Gators on some hits into the end zone, and it was 10 to 10. Then came the pivotal sequence of the first half. The Bulls would overcome this, but looked like they had certainly gotten off the field. Eddie Kelly, the freshman defensive lineman, true freshman, was making some plays, so was Antonio Greer. And then, not sure what the official saw, didn't like it. Third and 15 from the USF 18. Empty backfield. Richardson to throw. He flares it out. It's caught, and the Bulls make the tackle short of the first down at about the 15-yard line. That's going to set up a fourth and 12, so it'll bring the field goal unit out, but there is a late flag now. Let's see what the flag is. The Bulls thought they had the stop. They did have the stop. Dwayne Boyles flashed in the middle and stopped, stopped the receiver cold. After the play was over, personal foul, unnecessary roughness number one on the defense. Penalty is half the distance to the goal, results in automatic first Matthew down. Hill. And that one really hurts because you're taking three points off the board and giving Florida a first and goal and a chance to get seven. Bulls sideline is really incensed by that one. I don't think we have the SEC money to pay the SEC fines. So I'm going to be uh, careful with my comments. I, I watched everything that happened, and uh, it was a big third down stop. And it was going to be fourth and eight. They were going to have to kick a field goal. And uh, the two guys tied up there, and uh, they both went to the ground. And uh, the official said he, he saw something more that uh, nobody else saw. And uh, I was disappointed in that. And uh, obviously, you know, we had a chance to stop them. They scored, uh, I believe, maybe the next play. Indeed, on the next play. Well, you look back at that replay, and even the casual way the official tossed the flag. Hey, credit to the Gators for creating that environment. But if that's in Tampa or anywhere else, neutral field, that flag's not getting thrown. <sighs> Hopefully that doesn't get me fined. But to make matters even worse and to make it appear as though, okay, this game could be getting away from us, pick six on the third play of the next drive, tried to hit a slant to Sean Atkins, Jalen Kimber stepped into the middle of it and took it back for a 39-yard score. So 24-10, to 10, and then the Bulls get some points out of the half. The three instead of the sevens not as relevant to me as it was that the Bulls made some conversions to prevent the Gators from getting the ball back. Here was the big one. Again, Gary Bohannon missed some throws, but he made some huge plays with his legs. Third and 10 from the USF 45. Bohannon to throw, looking, looking, now tucks it and runs. 50, makes a move, trying to get to the 45. That's where he needs to get. And I think he got there with some really strong second effort. Give him a first down. That's a heck of a run by Bohannon. Extremely impressive. Gary Bohannon flush from the pocket. He runs left. He eludes two tacklers at the last minute. He lowers his shoulder and buries the defender to getting the extra yard for the first down. That showed a lot of toughness. And again, with the Gators starting the second half with the ball, that was a major, major play. He would also, as there was a penalty to make it second and 22, hit Xavier Weaver for a big 18-yard pickup, allowing the Bulls to keep the ball and move the clock down to a late field goal by Spencer Schrader of 49 yards. So it was 24-13 at the half. Also got to say it, Anthony Richardson, who was making some big conversions with his legs, came up hobbling on an early play in the third quarter. And even though Billy Napier after the game said he didn't or wasn't aware of any injury with Anthony Richardson, 
you could see it. He would have taken off like he did on a 16-yard conversion run early in the third quarter on this play, but instead chucked and hoped and big play for the Bulls starts off a nice little sequence here early in the third. Florida is two of four on third downs. They converted one a moment ago. Now they've got a third and seven from their 45-yard line. Running back left side, Richardson to throw. Looking, looking, now unloads and it's picked off. It's Dwayne Boyles back into Florida territory. Picks up a block to the 30, to the 20, and down at the 17-yard line. The Bulls get their takeaway. Dwayne Boyles with the pick, and USF will have a first down inside the Gator 20. Dwayne Boyles nearly took it all the way back for a pick six. Just got tripped up, but Richardson with lots of time to throw. Made a poor decision. Looked for a receiver crossing over the middle. Did not see Boyles right in the gut of Boyles, and he ran down the sideline and almost took it into the end zone, but a great takeaway by Dwayne Boyles. It's a keeper. It's Bohannon, and he fights his way to the five, and he's got a first down. Gary Bohannon is over 70 yards on the ground. They'll mark it on the sixth. First and goal from the sixth, 228 yards rushing for South Florida. Dollison and Brown split to the right. Looks like Mangum is the running back. Dollison in motion. Keeper Bohannon runs it up the middle and into the end zone. Touchdown, Gary Bohannon. That's six for the Bulls. This is a five-point game with a kick coming. Gary Bohannon's ability to run has come up in big ways for the Bulls tonight. We didn't see much of it in the first two weeks, but Gary Bohannon is much more of a part of the offense, running the ball, nine carries, 82 yards, and now his first rushing touchdown of the year. The Bulls have taken advantage of that turnover. And we'll see. Do the Bulls go for two here and try to make it a three-point game? It looks like they are. And the Bulls will try to cut it from five to three. Wide receiver in motion. They throw to him. And the double pass into the end zone. Caught Xavier Weaver. It's a three-point game. Every offensive coordinator has a special two-point play, and that was USF's, no question. Travis Trickett was just waiting for the right time to call it, and he sucked the defense in and got the Beautiful double pass conversion. As I said, a lot to like about that sequence. Bohannon with the big run to prevent it from being a settle for a field goal situation. And I will raise my hand. I thought it was too early to start going for two. But when you have that play in the book, Travis Trickett, nice job. And as of this recording, about 2,000 people have seen my video. If you want to go to my Twitter page, if you haven't seen it, it's at Derek Sharp, D-A-R-E-K-S-H-A-R-P. His name is Brendan Armitage. He is the Associate Athletic Director for Compliance at USF and he had the great reaction in the corner to that particular play. Still, the defense had to keep on coming through, and man, did it ever. Gators helped out with a false start to get to a second and 13. Makayla Point comes up on a short pass to the tight end, and then again, Richardson just seemed a little off. He tried to throw one over the middle against the cover two, and it just wasn't there, and so the Bulls get the ball back. However, they would have to punt. They went for it, or were going to on fourth and two, but a little flinch by Meech Harris led to a punting. Hey, maybe that actually helped out because it changed the field position and the Gators, once again, a false start on their end on third and one helped out the Bulls. 
Fourth quarter begins with the Bulls in Gator territory. Bohannon to Weaver for 14 yards. A great run to get down to the one. And after a timeout and some nervous moments, the Bulls would go ahead. First and 10 on the 14-yard line. Batte makes one man miss. Getting toward the edge, gets to the 10, breaks a tackle, diving for the end zone. He's close, but he's not in. It's going to be a first and goal at the one, a remarkable run by Batte, who almost got tackled for loss and then almost got in the end zone. It's first and goal on the one. Weaver to the short side right. Bohannon shotgun, second and goal. Takes the snap. Pitches to the right, one-handed catch by Dukes, and he dives in, and he scores. That's six for the Bulls. The South Florida Bulls lead the Gators in the fourth quarter in the swamp. Three-point USF lead with the extra point coming. They just defined themselves right there with a clutch, clutch, one-yard touchdown run by Michael Dukes and and have taken a lead over the Gators. This is the dream scenario to be in this position. It was not a dream. It was actually happening. And then it really got to be a little bit dreamy as it looked like the Gators were going to answer right back. A wonderful back shoulder completion by Richardson to Justin Shorter gets the Gators across midfield. An 18-yard run by Johnson plus a personal foul on Antonio Greer gets it down to the five-yard line. But then Something happened. Florida threatening to take back the lead here with 8-10 to go. 28-24 Bulls. Richardson to throw toward the end zone. Picked off by South Florida. And the USF Bulls have taken the ball away. Going up the far sideline. I don't know if this is a dead ball or not. Amaris Brown with the biggest play of his college career. So the transfer, Amaris Brown. Second interception of Anthony Richardson, and the Bulls have the ball, the lead, and seven minutes and 50 seconds to get rid of. Ball and four-point lead. First of all, Brown almost stayed in bounds there and would have had it across midfield. But I thought this play, again, this is why I hinted at it earlier, the focus comes down to how it actually ended. This play right here with Florida loading up with eight men in the box, fully anticipating a run, You talk about play calling, was the right call, and wow, would it have made a difference if it hit. Bohannon to throw on first down, and he's airing it out for Dallison incomplete. He had him, and he overthrew him just a little bit. It's second and 10, so the Bulls pull a surprise on first down, and they almost got rewarded, but Bohannon and Dallison just couldn't connect. A couple of times, a couple, three, four times tonight, Bohannon's just been a little too deep on his passes. Dollison was open from the time he crossed the line of scrimmage. In fact, he was calling for the ball that early on. So it's very hard to criticize Gary Bohannon because he was so clutch in so many ways, including on the final drive. But that play right there, potential touchdown, definitely ball across midfield. Bulls would have at least gotten a field goal out of that, you would think. Does that end the game? Of course not. But gosh, would have loved to have seen it instead. Not too long after, another interception, which in its own right, I thought could have gotten overturned. The replays could not give you that conclusive look that the ball hit the ground, but I think it did. So even if the Bulls punt the Gators deep, maybe you have a different situation. But as it turned out, short field and Florida would take the lead. It was the only points the defense gave up in the entire second half, and again, it was on a short field. What happened after that? Well, you probably know, but you're going to hear it. You're going to hear what Jeff Scott had to say. 
and we'll give you a recap of the weekend's activities for volleyball, soccer, as well as cross country. And we continue on Bulls Beat. Back to the beat. Bulls Beat continues with Derek Sharp. Weekend got off to a great start with a fun Friday of volleyball matches at the Corral. You'll hear a couple of those highlights here in a little bit. Saturday was busy but fun, and man, it was dramatic. Thought they were going to win. Bulls had time, a key pass. You're going to hear start off this fateful sequence that unfortunately ends with a couple of mishaps involving snaps and a just miss for a 31-28 defeat. Third down and 10 with 4.04 to go. Batty goes split wide to the left. You hear the crowd. Bohannon to throw. He's got Jeffrey Brown and he's got a first down to the 50-yard line. The Bulls convert the third and 10. Jeffrey Brown with his first catch of the day. And the Bulls keep the football 325 to go. First catch of the day and a big one. Jeffrey Brown, the transfer from North Carolina, a big play guy who finally made a big play. Bulls ready to go from the Gator 19. Low snap, it gets through Bohannon and the Bulls have to fall on it back at the 35. Oh boy. Yeah, I didn't have low snap on my bingo card in that situation, gotta be honest. That low snap took him out of every advantage they had. So now the Bulls trying to tie it with 28 seconds to go. Ball's gonna be placed on the 38. Beardall is the holder. 48 yards from Schrader. Kick is away, it's a low line drive, and he missed it. A heartbreaker with 23 seconds to go. A small shot of sneaking in, but at the last minute, the draw, like a golf shot, it it faded to the right. Ryan, could you see the hold? Was the ball there for him? It was bobbled. That's the thing that made the difference there is the snap was bobbled at the point by the holder, and that juggle right there was the difference. That's why the kick looked like a line drive curving to the lower right side. Pretty dramatic. Simply astonishing that Schrader almost made that kick. Now, if he makes it, he's still got to play overtime. In fact, the Gators were calling timeouts, anticipating a made kick, and would have had actually some time to answer there, but... Interesting to hear Coach Scott say that they were going to take a shot up the middle to try and punch it in, but once that low snap hit, the next play became about setting up the field goal try. Here are Jeff Scott's full initial comments, and we have these live for you on Saturday night, but in case you weren't tuned in, something we're doing new this year is piping in live with the Zoom call after road games, and he had a lot to say. We came here to win the game, and um, I've got no doubt in my mind that our team believed that we could win the game before it started. And um, I really told him I wanted to see two things uh, tonight in this game. I want to see us play hard for four quarters because we hadn't done that uh, all year. And then I want to see us have fun. And then we did did both of those things. You know, obviously, uh, it's a, a heartbreaker uh, only because of, of how well we played for the majority of the game. And um, I told our players uh, in there uh, after the game, whatever uh, three games into my third season and this is the first time uh, that I've really seen our team play at the level that I feel like we're capable of playing Uh, I don't know if we'll play Uh, I know we got some other big games but that's that's a talented team and a big time venue right there and um, for our guys to show their heart and and what they showed uh, the other thing that we talked about all week long is um, embracing the adversity I didn't feel like we did that very well in our first two games, and um, I told him, hey, there's going to be some adversity tonight. We're down 11. 
coming out of uh, halftime, we kicked the ball to them, and we go on a 15 play or 15 point uh, run. And um, you know, at the end of the day, it just comes down to a couple plays, and there's a there's a bunch of them, a couple calls, and uh, you know, there, there's a bunch of them. It's going to be hard going back and, and watching this. Um, and, and obviously, again, we came here to win the game. Uh, didn't get that done. That hurts. But uh, I could not be more proud uh, of the young men in that locker room, the coaching staff. I felt like we had a, a great game plan. Um, and we, we had a game plan to win. I felt like our guys played well enough uh, outside of a couple miscues. Um, you know, obviously the three turnovers on offense hurt. That led to 17 points. So one of them being a pick six uh, that was costly. Uh, we did get two turnovers on defense, and um, and then again just some some costly penalties that were uh, disappointing, and and uh, just had some some mistakes at the wrong time, and uh, so this hurts, and uh, there's nobody in the locker room that is happy for, for keeping it close. Uh, they hurt, and, uh, and it will hurt for the next 24 hours, and then uh, we'll show show up tomorrow and uh, watch the tape, and uh, you know learn from it. And uh, one or two things is going to happen. I told the guys in the locker room, one or two things is going to happen. Uh, we're either going to use this as a stepping stone to take the next big step forward, right? Or, you know, we'll, we'll sit there and be in our feelings. And uh, obviously the team we play next week, they came off a, a similar game. And I, I told them that the team that responds the best off of these games, us and, and our next opponent, is going to be the team that wins next week. I believe that 100%. So, um, you know, hopefully this will be kind of one of those stepping stone, uh, you know, games for us. And um, we can see what we're capable of and then also uh, see some of those mistakes uh, that cost, cost you when you're trying to beat a, a talented team uh, like Florida. And you'll get more of Coach Scott live tomorrow at 1130 on USF Bulls Unlimited. In fact, I'm going to give myself a day off from Bulls Beat and get some other stuff done, but that stuff just won't include a actual show tomorrow. However, we'll be working on two shows for this afternoon. Upon further review, even more extended highlights with Jim Locke and myself. And around the American, it was a full, busy weekend in the conference, not just in football. And speaking of, volleyball went 2-0 and on Friday, started off against Cornell, 25-15, Because they had a couple of tougher opponents coming up, Jolene Shepherdson and company were able to get some other players some good time in that one. In fact, a couple of regulars didn't even see the court for the Bulls. You had a completely different lineup with two and sometimes three true defenders on that back row. So MSNT, the freshman from Ocala, got her first extended run, played in all three sets. Celine Kalkan, the freshman from Turkey, who had played in three sets all year, was featured prominently in all three sets. Martis Fitkovich led the way with 13 kills. Tizzy Puyiz added 11. Amiri Hendricks-Walker up the middle, seven kills, just one error and four blocks. Then it was a much more difficult challenge against Stetson, which was 8-1 and one entering the event. Lost to South Dakota, which, excellent team, but took the first and third sets from the Bulls. So they had to come back to prevent the first loss against Stetson since the mid-'80s. The Bulls are on a 23-match winning streak, and they continued it. It was fun. Here are some of the highlights. Again, trying to get the two-point lead. They get it across the net on the serve this time. Back row to Sandich and a block by Amiri. And for the first time in forever, the Bulls are up two, 11-9. Olafen goes short. What a serve. Hit over by Stetson. Should be a clean set. They go Amiri again. Hendricks Walker taking over. It's 12-9 USF. Five points in a row, and the Hatters call timeout. Williams to Tatiana, back set to Amanda DeWitt, 
and the Bulls are crushing the Hatters here in the fifth set. It's five to one. Back set to Djokovic. Oh, Marta Svitkovic. You know, she does not get a ton of blocks, but when she does, they tend to be at big times. And she makes it seven to three. Laughlin passes it to Tizzy, blocked, but the Bulls should get a clean look here with Laughlin. Middle to Hendricks Walker, and she has been basically flawless. No errors, nine kills, four blocks, an 11-7 lead, and without yelling it, because you can't telegraph it to the other team, or maybe if you're a mirror, you can, she said, give me the ball. Chance to win it still for USF, plenty of chances. Williams can't quite cleanly handle that, Clausen though, nice pass to Maria, and that'll do it! Maria Andrade, what a triumphant return. Her lucky 13th kill ends up leading the Bulls, even though she didn't appear in this match until the second set. One error, and the Bulls rally for the five-set victory. So now 45-3 all-time against Stetson, but they had to earn it. You heard Maria Andrade, who did not play in the first match of the day, ended up with 13 kills. 12 for Svitkovic, 10 each for Puyis and Hendricks Walker. Unfortunately, South Dakota was just too good. Steamrolled the Bulls in the first set. They finally get the lead in the second set, 2019, and South Dakota calls timeout and just rolls for the last six points, wins in three sets. So the Bulls will be 6-6 six and six entering conference play on the road. We'll give you the full outlook later Monday on Around the American. Also on Friday, Cross Country competed at a stacked event. In Florence, Alabama, both squads came in 21st place, but there were nearly 40 teams in both the men's and women's field. Top performer for the men was senior Ben Kales, who, by the way, along with volleyball's Michaela Washington, were the guests of Michael Kelly on the new Bulls Speed Ahead. We're still airing that show. Men's soccer started off conference play with a 1-1 result at FAU. Bulls got on the board first. Alex Sonis, who had just scored in his debut, makes it 2-2, two for two, so he's been a great factor, but the Owls... Even the score was really an evenly played match. So the Bulls still with just one win this year. The record now is 1-3-2. They'll be back at home on Saturday night against Temple, which got rolled by UCF. Again, conference show around the American coming up. And right now, got to say it, the goal is just to get to the conference tournament from both the men and stunningly the women who have lost three in a row for the first time since 2009. Kansas wins 3-1. to one. Bulls played pretty well in the first half, had two specifically long-range efforts, one particularly by Vivian Bissett that was saved by Melania Passer. And then you had three all-good opportunities here. Looked like the Bulls were going to get on the board. Turn for chance at a long blast. There it is. A oh, nice rip and a save. Rebound still to be had by Hahn and off the side. Might have hit the right post. Great chance headed and just wide. Three great opportunities for USF. What a rip by Fettoy, first of all. Was it ever, but Kansas on a brilliant long pass by a midfielder who had never had a career assist in her third season, Avery Smith, set up a chip shot goal. Then early in the second half, bad break, good shot, but it was headed towards the right, took a deflection off a bull, and just like a rocket shot into the left side of the post, and the Bulls were in trouble. Kansas was able to gum up the penalty box with defenders, and the Bulls tried to shoot over them, and kept shooting well over the goal. Bulls got off 12 shots in the second half, but only one on goal. That toy wants to switch the field, and there are two Bulls waiting for it. Vivian Bissett, see if she can get it on frame this time. Now she's gonna knock it over to Lucy Roberts now with a chance. Low pass, and Lamiri puts it home. First shot on goal of the half. That was the trick. 
And the Bulls make it 3-1. to one. Really nice finish by Emilia Limiri and a good setup by Lucy Roberts. But again, the only shot on goal, that is the key stat for the Bulls this year. Now, the Georgia game was the exception. Georgia outshot and outplayed the Bulls 20-5. to five. Even with that, minus 15 for the entire year in their nine matches, and the Bulls are now 3-6, and six, they have a plus 20 as far as total shots but a minus 14 as far as getting them on target. The percentages tell the real story. Their opponents, now updated, are just more than 50% as far as shots to shots on target. For the Bulls, less than 30% of their shots are on frame, and it's kind of hard to score when you don't get one on target. Really, really important match back at home on Thursday and back in conference play against Tulsa, and we'll be there for that one. No show here tomorrow, but we'll be at the press conference where Jeff Scott will carry it live for you at 11.30, and we'll be back on the beat on Wednesday. That's the Monday show. Thanks for checking it out. I'm Derek Sharp.